I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. Tomorrow is International Tongue Twister Day. Tony, you got one for us? Tony Kornheiser, I came up with one last night. Best question, Northwestern. What happened? You were up 18. What happened? Well, we were up 18 when I was watching. And then, well, I got scared. I yeah, told you, you yesterday. Watching. Look, we had beat Illinois once already. They needed to really win that game. We didn't need it as much. Up 18. I just said, you know what? I feel good right now at up 18. I feel so good up 18. I'm just going to check out a little bit. Well, the team checked out as well. Welcome to PTI, yeah. boys and girls. In today's episode, Russell Wilson doesn't look good. Spring training gets underway, and Jay Billis joins us for five good minutes. But we begin today with the resumption of the NBA last night. The Lakers won, beating Golden State in the first of what LeBron James called 23 of the most important regular season games in his career. Philadelphia beat Memphis as Joel Embiid actually said he had to be Bill Russell in the game. And for the first time since playing together, Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving won a game. They beat San Antonio. Wilbon, what's your number one headline? Well, when, when Joel Embiid was blocking six shots last night, I, I, I really wanted to call you. I knew you were asleep. But I wanted to call you and say, get off my man, Joel Embiid, who's both a great player and entertaining, and yet you just you dismiss him constantly. Yappy. We'll get back to that in Yappy. April and May. We'll, we'll come back to that. Yeah. So the highlight from last night is, is the Lakers. And it's going to be that way whether they win or lose for a few nights, Tom, because they got 22 games left. And they're in 13th place. And by my calculation, with the 22 games remaining, they got to go something like 16 and 6, maybe 15 and 7, to get into the playoffs. I think the sixth seed. That, and that's if nobody ahead of them gets hot. And they went out there last night with LeBron and Anthony Davis not putting up numbers. And they got all these new guys scrambling around, including Rudy Hachimura, who you know. And they won. Yep. And they beat Golden State. And that's a game the Lakers needed to win more than Golden State. It was at home. The Lakers have to win these games. Slip-ups, absences, illnesses, ankle injuries, they're out. They started off a, a, a great stretch run, a sprint, with a good win. Yeah, they beat a 10th-place team that has injured star players, so I'm going to dismiss that. I'm going to dismiss uh, Luka and Kyrie, you know, because they beat San Antonio, which may be the worst team in the league, and that was a home oh. game for Dallas. So don't, don't bring that to me. And I'm going to dismiss your boy Embiid and Philadelphia by saying Why? this. That they – wait – by saying this, they've been playing great lately. I want to get the numbers correct here. 14 out of 17 and 27 out of 34. So it's not a headline to me when they win a game because they're supposed to win a game. And I'm okay if he talks about Bill Russell on defense because on offense he was a chump. He shot 2 for 10 in the first half and 7 for 25 in a game. I'm going to be very brief here, and I'm going to tell you what was the headline, Mike. What? The headline for me was Denver going to Cleveland and beating Cleveland because Cleveland is a good team. They're yeah, fourth in the West, 
And Denver had yep. to show as number one in the West what they could do, beating a good team. And Jokic had 24, 18, and 13. So yeah, for me, great. the headline, if you start this sprint, if you start right. this sprint, the headline for me is Denver beating Cleveland. Yeah. That's legit, Tone. That's legit. I, I hear you on that. Cleveland fourth in the East. But you're in bead. Seriously? I mean, if this was uh, the captain credit. in the Knicks in 1973, you'd be slobbering all over yourself and you don't get in bead. Come on now. He's not the captain. He's not Willis Reed. Don't even go there. <laughs> don't, go there. don't go there. Just waiting for that. I was just waiting for that. Let's move to the National Football League and a tough story on Russell Wilson in the athletic. The report says prior to getting traded to Denver, Wilson asked Seahawks ownership to fire Pete Carroll, fire GM John Schneider. Wilson said today he didn't want that, never wanted it. The report also highlights challenges in Denver stemming from Wilson having his own office in the complex and his own training staff. Tony, what does the athletics report tell you about Russ? This is an incredible wow. If this actually happened, that he went to management to fire Pete Carroll, who was his coach in the Super Bowl that they won, and then his coach in the Super Bowl that they should have won, that is a complete wow to me. To have your own office on another floor from all the rest of the players. (laughs) What are we talking about? Are you a coach or are you a player to, to, as I read in the story late in the season, hire your own publicist to bring in your entourage to the facility all the time and do all that. What that tells you about Russell Wilson is that he is a prima donna and an egomaniac. Now, he got what he wanted. He's got Sean Payton now. The story specifically said he wanted Sean Payton. He's got him, and the first thing Sean Payton did when he got there was say, this entourage is not walking in here. We're not, we are not going to have that. So, Mike, we're going to see on Russell Wilson, Your position has always been that Nathaniel Hackett was 100% responsible for the terrible year Russell Wilson had. And now with a coach who you would take 100 times out of 100 over Nathaniel Hackett, and and he will improve Russell Wilson, we'll see how much. We'll see. Tony, we knew Russell Wilson was a diva. We already knew this is not a newsflash. The details are great. It's great reporting to have all that stuff and bring it to light like that. But Tony, come on now. If you talk to coaches around the league and, and any time a few of Russell's teammates in real time, even when they loved him when he was winning and they got to back-to-back Super Bowls, which they should have won, no fault of Russell Wilson's really, despite the interception, they would say to you, we love Russ. Russ is a, a handful. And this differs from, say, Aaron Rodgers. How? I mean, he won the same number doesn't, of Super Bowls as Aaron Rodgers. I mean, got to an additional one, or Ben Roethlisberger, who I like particularly, or any number of other quarterbacks, and it would be like, oh, my God, Russ is going to drive me crazy. But on Sunday, until like a year and a half ago, Russ was there for you. So Russell's a diva. It just sort of confirms all that we had heard over the years. What's great about the story is it said in his office on another floor, he had an open-door policy. Isn't that great? That's great. Come on in. You You line like you regular people. Come on in. We move now to baseball on the start day of spring training games. In an interview with Bob Nightingale of USA Today, San Diego's Manny Machado said about all the new rules in the major leagues, and I'm quoting here, you're going to have some players who are going to be freaking angry and pissed off. Some of us older players, we don't like change too much. We earn the right to be who we are. MLB is going to have to be the ones to make adjustments on the fly if things aren't working, unquote. 
Wilbon, do you see baseball bending to the will of players like Machado? It better not. Not in this case. I realize they bend to the will of the players' union when they get in these fights because the players' union in baseball is the strongest one of all the sports, certainly in North America. But the, the, but the, the players' union signed over the right for baseball to do what it needs to do to improve the product, which means stop the damn games from going four hours and at least cut them back to three and a half. I'd like to see them cut back to about 245. But Machado, of course, in his first appearance, he gets a strike. He goes 0-1 tone because he ain't in the box ready to hit. And the That's pitch right. clock calls That's a strike right. on him, which is so great. And no, baseball has to look at people like Machado and say, you know what? The product is bad. If you want the product to stay good and make the tens of millions of dollars that you, my man, make, you people, get your butt in the box and swing the bat. And that's the only thing that will help Major League Baseball. He went 0-1 because he was late to the the pitch. He also singled, you know, in the at-bat. Because he's he's a real talent. Because he's a talent, yes. I told you this was going to happen. I sat yeah. here time after time, and I told you that established major league players, not guys recently out of the minors, established major right. league players are not going to like these rules. Manny Too Machado bad. is not a lone wolf in this. You may not like Manny Machado because he's an egomaniac, but he's not a lone wolf. It's easy for an umpire to stare down a minor league player. He's not going to stare down Machado or Verlander or Scherzer or about 100 guys who have stature and tenure there, and those those guys who, who talk about the unwritten rules of baseball, they're going to hate yeah. every one of these rules. And yeah, sometimes, Mike, I, I mean, it'll work eventually, but in the start, the games are going to actually take longer than they took before because managers are going to come out on the pitch clock every single time to protect their players. We are in for a whirlwind in the first couple of months until it settles Automatic down. Let us take a break. Automatic ejections, if you do remember, Tony. Automatic we'll ejections. See. I'm with Theo. We'll see. Out Theo is we'll on the see. field throwing people out of the game. Hey, you and you and you. I, get out. Okay. Get I hope, out. I hope he's got a big net. Let's take a break. <laughs> but coming up, the Gonzaga's regular season struggles actually bode well for the postseason. We're going to ask Jay Billis. We're also going to ask him how important tomorrow's game against Virginia is to North Carolina's hopes of making the tournament. It's that time, Tony. Mike, established star baseball players feeling entitled to play the... Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We're looking at a big weekend of college basketball and back to help us sort it out is our great friend and fellow member of the Bald Brotherhood, Jay Billis. Jay, let's start with this. You're at Gonzaga for number 15, St. Mary's. At number 12, Gonzaga. Gonzaga is actually second in the conference behind St. Mary's. Do you think that Gonzaga finally getting challenged in their conference will augur well in the NCAA tournament for them? I don't think this year differs from most other years uh, for Gonzaga. Uh, They've proven uh, to have medal in the tournament that very few, if any, Power 5 conference teams can match. I mean, Gonzaga goes to the Sweet 16, it seems, every year. I think they've had seven in a row or something like that. And they've been to a couple championship games, NCAA championship games, in the last five years. They play a a brutal non-conference schedule every year. And every game they play in the West Coast Conference on the road is a storm-the-court game for their opponents. If they lose it, the, the opponent storms the floor. So they're they're tournament tested by the time they get there. Uh, it's not surprising that St. Mary's is this good because Randy Bennett's had some great teams over the years. It's just it's almost like you know when when John Wooden was dominating uh, the the Pac-8 and whatever it was called before then, and USC was one of the top teams in the country, but didn't get didn't get noticed because UCLA uh, would win those games. Um, look, I think Gonzaga's had one, a program that we. It's been one of the great stories, not just in basketball but in sports. What's been done here over the last twenty years? It's truly remarkable this will annoy tony j which is why i love it let's stay in the west for one more question and i'm going to ask you about ucla beating utah last night um mick cronin called his team's mock seeding of number eight while they are ranked fourth comical we need an objective evaluation how good is ucla UCLA is national championship good. They're among the eight or nine teams that I would put as national championship favorites. And I'm not just talking about getting to a Final Four because there are a number of teams out there if somebody falls down in your path, the number one seed loses, that it opens up a, a, a path to the Final Four. But winning six games and winning a championship is different from getting to a Final Four. And UCLA is good enough to do that you know, behind Jaime Jaquez Jr. and uh, Tiger Campbell at the point and Jalen Clark. They're, they're legit. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say that that where they were slotted in the initial top 16 by the tournament selection committee was comical, but I don't I don't I wouldn't agree with it. I think UCLA should have been higher than that. You know, Mick, who I respect greatly, seems to think it has something to do with their move to the, the Big Ten. I think it's more just a sort of a I do believe there's a little bit of a West Coast bias and the Pac-12 does not have the greatest numbers this year. And I think that's hurt UCLA and Arizona a little bit in the rankings. I think both those teams are are national championship capable, but UCLA's defense is better. I think Arizona's offense is better than UCLA's offense, but UCLA's balance between offense and defense. If you're going to win a championship, you'd better be ranked in the top 25 in both offense and defense, and UCLA is ranked there in both. All right, I'll move back east to some teams that we are all very 
familiar with. Number six, Virginia, coming off that loss, is at Carolina tomorrow. I don't want to say Carolina's in a must-win situation, Jane. That would seem to be an exaggeration. But how important would winning against Virginia for Carolina be to its tournament situation? Yeah, Michael, I think Carolina is in a must-win position now. Uh, North Carolina has to beat Virginia and has to beat Duke in the final game of the regular season to keep from having to win the ACC tournament championship to get the automatic bid. Carolina is like 0-9, I think, against uh, quad one opponents, and they've had some opportunities to win games. They had that four-overtime loss to Alabama in the PK Invitational out in Portland. Uh, Carolina has not played to the level we expected. Now, did we overrank them at number one in the preseason? Yes. Uh, after after seeing them in action. And I think this team misses Brady Manick from last year, uh, a 6'10 guy that could stretch the floor, make five or six threes in a given game. They don't have that this year. They're not the offensive rebounding team they have been, although Armando Baycott is, is the same great offensive rebounder he has been. And they don't get out in transition like they used to. Like Carolina used to scare you in transition. They don't do that this year. But they're still better than they have played. And I think they have to beat Virginia and have to beat Duke uh, to, to get back on the positive side of the cut line uh, for the tournament. And I, I, I wouldn't have imagined before the season that, that we'd be saying that at this point in the year. I will get you out of here on this. And I think I should probably tell people who don't know this that you are indeed a lawyer. You know, pass the bar and all of that, because it matters, I think, for this question. And the question is this. Do you sense that Alabama will have second thoughts about playing Brandon Miller the rest of the way? I don't believe so, Tony and Michael. And, and I, I, I think that Alabama has handled this uh, about as well as you can, with the exception of uh, Nate Oates, uh, uh, his press conference where he should have just said, uh, this is a pending legal matter. Uh, Alabama and Brandon Miller have cooperated fully with authorities and will continue to do so. But beyond that, we have no further comment. That, that's what he should have said, and that should be the answer to all of these questions because some of these issues uh, Alabama is not able to shed appropriate light on, and rightfully so. Brandon Miller has rights. Uh, he, the, the authorities have told Alabama that he is a witness, not a suspect. Uh, there is no indication that he has violated any law. Uh, and they know him better than we do. And if they didn't take action five weeks ago or so when this this horrible tragedy happened, I don't see any reason uh, to do it now. Now, if something else comes out, I understand it. But uh, but to me, if he were held out of competition now, that would be Alabama saying our reputation as a university and what people say about us is more important than our player. And uh, and I think they've balanced the player. Uh, and the university and those interests uh, pretty well overall. Thank you, Jay, as always. Thank you thank so you, much. Jay. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate it. Always, guys. Thank you. You can see more of Jay tomorrow on College Game Day starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Let's take one last break, but still to come, Bruce Arians shares an observation about Tom Brady's final season and an extraordinary anniversary involving Clifford Ray. Tony and I actually remember him that you'll want to stick around to watch. No, it's sort of amazing. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Happy time, people. Happy 85th birthday, Phil Knight. He's the most important man in the history of sneakers. More important than Adi Dossler. More important than Chuck Taylor. He's Nike. You may think Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods is Nike. No, they wear Nike. Phil Knight is Nike. He created it after he ran track at the University of Oregon. Knight is the 25th richest person on earth with a net worth estimated at $45.5 billion. Knight is being portrayed by Ben Affleck in the upcoming movie, Air. The story of the creation of the Michael Jordan sneaker. Matt Damon plays basketball and sneaker tout Sonny Vaccaro. You may remember they started in Goodwill Hunting. So there is, as we say, a track record. The Jordan sneaker may be the greatest episode, but the greatest story ever about Phil Knight and Nikes is told by Ahmad Rashad. I can't tell it to you now. It takes too long. Find it, people. Google it. Maybe it's in the Phil Knight book. Ahmad Rashad, speaking of on the track, Tony, and Phil Knight, greatest story ever. Happy anniversary, Clifford Ray, on this day 45 years ago. The veteran big man who won the 1975 title with the Warriors received an odd phone call. His assistance was requested by a veterinarian at a California Marine amusement park as a dolphin named Mr. Spock had swallowed a bolt that had gotten loose in a holding tank. The 6'9 Ray was known for his impressive wingspan measured at eight feet. With gloves, lubrication, and guidance, Ray reached his arm into the dolphin's throat and safely removed the object from Mr. Spock's second stomach. Yes, dolphins have two. All's well that ends well. Ray is now a consultant for the Houston Rockets, presumably for basketball, not marine life. Wilbon, he stuck his arm down the dolphin's mouth. I mean, a dolphin has teeth, doesn't it? I mean, can you imagine the union allowing this now, the, 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 the league allowing this now? The player would want four nights off after for fatigue, after putting his arm in the dolphin's mouth now. This could never happen. Such a great story. So cool. Clifford Ray, good dude. Happy Trails, Kermit Davis. Ole Miss fired Davis with just three regular season games left and the team sitting in last place in the SEC at 2-13 in conference. Davis was in his fifth year at Ole Miss, made the NCAAs his first year there, but leaves with a 32-55 record in conference. Jeff Goodman of Stadium says two names being mentioned to replace Davis are Will Wade and Chris Breer. Wade was fired by LSU last March amid accusations of five level one violations in the program, including impermissible payments to players and their family members. Beard was fired by Texas this season after he was accused of domestic violence against his fiance, who called 911. She later said Beard acted in self-defense and the case was dropped. I wouldn't give either an interview. I'm starting a whole lot different places than that. They're not the only two guys on the planet. Hire somebody else. Quick to the big finish. Jim Harbaugh Let's says, I'm here as long as Michigan wants me. Do you believe that? I, that, that conversation is on deaf ears. No, I'm not even considering that conversation. Bruce Arians tells Rich Eisen, 
Tom Brady wasn't himself during this, his final season. Your thoughts? Did he mention he wasn't there as the coach anymore? Jeff Bezos has hired an investment firm to explore a bid for the Washington Commanders. He's a strong candidate, isn't he? Yes, he is. But Josh Harris seems to be ahead of him. He's local, too. I, you know, I think they'd be in good hands either way. Bruins traded for Dmitry Orlov and Garnet Hathaway. The Capitals, that's a big deal for the already best team in hockey, isn't it? Adds depth. Last one. Yep. Russell Westbrook debuts for the Clippers tonight. What do you expect? I can't wait to see that tone, but I want to see what the Kings say about it. They're the higher seed in the East, in the West right now. We're out of time. We will try and do better the next time. Parker Williams of Alaska. Shout out. I'm Mike Wilbon. Have a great weekend. Knuckleheads NBA countdown at 7 Eastern. Now sports time.